Technical difficulties overcome. <laughs> How are you? I am well. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, Danny. How are you doing? Good, man. How about you? I just got off the phone with our dear mutual friend, Chris Jeffrey. Oh, you did? Oh, nice. Got a little update on his Easter plans. Which are... He is tuning in with his fam for the Andrea Boacelli concert. Oh, nice. Boacelli concert at the Duomo. Oh, that's amazing. And oh, wow. So that is, that's what's on his docket. Nice. And asked him some questions about his relationship with Claudia that were, as you can imagine, enlightening. <laughs> I mean... Um, yeah, it's hard to keep a 24-year-old entertained. There's only so many crayons you can buy, right? <laughs> uh, oh, do you have her contacted for both? Um, I mean, I've got her Instagram, yeah. So I can... I need you I need you to send that over. So sure. I need to get her actually on the pod. Oh, because really? Yes. That would actually be a great, great, great... Um, episode for sure i i'm i'm very much looking forward to it uh but we got way ahead of ourselves what i would like to do over the next 45 minutes is one i have to tell you not to run the sink because it picks up on the audio. are we already recording oh you better fucking believe it. oh shit sorry i was just watering my plants <laughs> i'm just watering my plants uh, you have to say it's on record man <laughs> uh, I said it was on record over text. All right. Yeah, no, we, we got the we got the crayons part part in there and everything. Cool, perfect, great. Um, and what I would like to do is I'd like for you to give us an idea of where your accent comes from, because <laughs> if I weren't to say your name and a listener at home were to be curious about your nationality your influences uh can you just can you just take us through where you were born where you grew up where you were educated what passports you have etc is uh is ice gonna be listening to this or <laughs> uh thankfully you're already a citizen so <laughs> it just i guess it i guess it depends on if the dutch authorities want to get you out of your 51 single? 41 single? 91. 31 single? Exactly. Apartment. 91 single. <laughs> um, right there in the canal. Sure. No, I mean, my accent's definitely um, gone funny over the years, and then it depends on who I'm speaking to. Like, it'll go one way or another. But um, Or in what language you're speaking. Uh, no, usually in English. Like, I, I think um, in all the other ones, I think I don't... It doesn't sway that much for one reason or another. Don't know. Interesting. Um, but uh, I guess my origin story. Um, originally from Brazil. Both my parents are um, Brazilian. Um, they uh, decided to leave Brazil in um, uh, like late eighties, and we moved um, to the cultural capital of Europe, um, a place called Norwich in the UK. Um, <laughs> We had Luke on the podcast uh, a couple weeks ago talking about his beloved Norwich 
football team and how they yes, were set for relegation. I did, I did hear that episode. Um, and it's the complete opposite of what I just described it to be. Um, so, sorry, Luke. Um, but yeah, so we, we moved there and, and I, we stayed there until about like, until the, I was about six. Um, at which point, uh, Norwich Union, where my dad was working at, um, uh, actually went bankrupt and they're actually, uh, Norwich's, uh, current team's, um, uh, sponsor. So they had like a resurgence, like, uh, many years later, but anywho, um, that, uh, my my parents super young. I think at that point they might have been um, twenty five, twenty six. Um, when when the, com- the company just went under and had two kids, uh, me age uh, four, five or so, um, and my sister was eight, nine. Um, and basically, uh, so you're telling us that your mother was sixteen uh, when your sister was born no 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 both my parents were um uh were uh, 16 when they met um but they had my sister when they were 19 and but they're both the same age um so yeah so uh they are yeah 26 at this point but, 26 27 yeah got it yeah just doing a just doing a quick back and then of a little math yeah no they're, they're just a month apart they're, they're the exact same age um but yeah super young parents um and, uh, you know, the, the, my dad was, um, had a, a, a friend, I think, um, living in Germany who basically told him, Hey, like, why don't you, um, come out here? Um, and so we moved, uh, to Germany when I was, yeah, when I was six, um, and ended up living in like a tiny, tiny village. Um, I think more cows than humans, uh, were in this village. Like it was literally like in the middle of nowhere, um, in the outskirts of Munich. Um, and I basically, uh, grew up in, in Germany. So I lived, I lived in Germany for about, um, 12 years. Uh, how long did it take you to learn to speak German? Did it come quickly? Did it come oh, slowly? It was, what do you remember yeah, it was, it was funny. It was like, um, uh, well, I think, I think by like in six months in or something, I was, I was already like in school and stuff. And, um, uh, there's a parent teacher conference and my parents went and they, I mean, they, they didn't speak any German. Like they, they'd been there for a, barely a year. And, um, my teachers, um, like told them that like, Hey, uh, we've got a bit of an issue cause your son isn't really speaking German. And they're like, wait, hang on. How's that even possible? Like he's doing like the homework and everything. Um, you know, and it's all in German. So like, the, 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 what is he actually speaking? And they just responded saying, well, he's, he's actually speaking fluent Bavarian, um, which is like a really strong like um, dialect um, with its own words and, and all kinds of stuff. So um, because we lived in this tiny village and like I was playing soccer at the time, um, basically everyone spoke um, Bavarian German. Um, which isn't like the, the proper uh, German. So like just for context, it's, it's, I'd say it's like, um, it's like, a, I guess like a Scotsman, um, speaking versus like someone you meet in London or something like that. I don't know. Um, it, it can be pretty, it can be pretty different though. Yeah. Like the, yeah. Like you use is, different there's words. You, yeah. There's, there's a big gap. Um, and, and anyway, so like, so I was, I was speaking German like by, yeah, uh, within like 
less than a year because you know at that age um your brain's just like a sponge and, and you basically just throw you know kids into uh, into the fire and they'll just pick it, things up um and so so yes and we uh i lived there for like 12 years eventually we moved to, to munich um and ended up going to an international school which was actually founded um by the european union um fun fact uh one of our alumni unfortunately is uh, boris johnson um oh God. yeah which is weird because um like basically the school was founded uh, in the 50s um, and it was, a, it was a social experiment in the sense of um, how can we bring Europe back, uh, together um, after uh, World War II. And so the, the school's premise... Which is a good intention. Yeah, totally a good intention. So the school's premise is, is very much like you had um, peop, uh, Europeans from all different um, uh, countries. Um, so that usually it was like um, the children of uh, European um, like uh, union officers. Uh, so in, in Munich, there's the uh, European Patent Office. Um, and then there are like 12 schools um, all uh, spread all over Europe. And you basically did the European Baccalaureate, which was um, essentially the degree that you ended up um, having by the time you, you finished. Um, and, and it was cool. Like, you, I mean, I, you know, like my classes were, uh, my mother tongue per se was, was in English. So I had all my sciences in, done in English. And then uh, my social sciences were done in, in a second language. And for me, that was um, German. Uh, but for others, like one of my best friends, she's she's Dutch. So she had all her sciences and, and um, stuff in, in Dutch. And then her um, uh, her second language was then English. So then she'd do like history, geography, and all that in English. Um, and, and it was just a big mix. What would you talk mix. to her in? Uh, we, used to speak, we, uh, we, we, we speak in, in, in English. Um, uh, but, but yeah, like it, it was just like all kinds of walks of life like we had uh italians french greek uh, spaniards um all in the same school so it was, it was really fascinating to just see the um uh different cultures come together and like and i mean there's there's a reason stereotypes exist and in our school was like a perfect example just to experience that um and 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 yeah, so, so which stereotypes stood out the most uh, starkly? Yeah, I mean, like you know, like the the Italians were were always loud. Um, the the Germans were always um, very organized and like studious. Um, the Brits, uh, like my my class, just loved drinking. So it was just it was just a, a really good um, mix of. And this of, is your like. 10, 11 year old class, right? They're the ones who loved just to get after. Yeah, 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 exactly. So like, yeah, so we, so my best friends, just to give you context, like, um, uh, my best friend, she, she won, uh, Miss Biggest Drinker and uh, my best friend won, uh, Miss, Mr. Biggest Drinker in, in the uh, school yearbook. So, um, definitely had great company, uh, <laughs> which my parents could be proud of. Um, a lot to be proud of. And, uh, yeah, so then, I mean, um, at that point, um, my, I graduated uh, and my parents uh, were moving to Spain, so they moved to, to Madrid. And um, over that summer, I was deciding where I was going to study and um, basically, like, went to visit them. Um, I'd already applied to schools in, in the UK and and, uh, uh, and my girlfriend at the time was living in, in, in Munich, so she was still finishing high school. Um, she was like a year below me, but, um, 
so I, I went to visit my parents and, and basically like was sort of set on essentially going back to Munich to, to study full time. Um, then well, I think my dad just said, Hey, why don't you come study here? Um, just, you know, take the Spanish SATs or something, um, and, and try and see what happens. And, and so I did, um, and ended up, uh, like making sort of a last minute decision to, to study in, in, uh, in Madrid. Um, so I lived there for like a year and a half, um, where I, and we spent time with your old university friend this last summer. We did. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, it's good time. Um, Sergio. Yeah. And, um, yes, I, 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 I was there for about a year and a bit, um, until I decided to actually, um, finish my degree in the UK, um, did that. And then, um, so hence again, like sort of why my accent's gone funny over the years is because I went through all these transitions. Um, but I was, I was always, uh, studying English essentially. Um, so that's probably the, the language I'm, um, uh, well, the one I speak best of of the ones I speak, but um, not perfect. <laughs> and you have passports, obviously, from Brazil. Uh, yeah. When did you gain U.S. citizenship? Uh, oh, that's. I think I got it um, maybe seven years ago now. And how did that come about? Because in this whole narrative, we haven't gotten to the U.S. No, no. So, so um, by the time I moved to the, to the U.K. Um, after Madrid, um, my parents actually, my dad got a, a job offer um, to move out to California. And um, uh, at that point, I was uh, under 21. And um, basically, my parents went through like the green card process. Um, <clears throat> fortunately, got it. And, and because... Because I was under 21, um, I was their dependent, and I could go through the process um, with them, um, which was super, super fortunate. Um, and uh, something my sister, unfortunately, couldn't take advantage of at the time because uh, she was over 21, um, which was kind of messed up because basically, like, three people within the a, a four-person um, family had uh, uh, the ability to, you know, live and work in the U.S., whereas, like, my sister couldn't at, the point, at that point. Um and so, yeah, so then my parents moved to, to California and, um, upon graduation, I, uh, I then, um, uh, went to work in, in New York and, and that's kind of how I met all you guys and, and, um, uh, lived there for, for 10 years. And, and once you have the green card for about five years, you can start applying for, um, citizenship. So, um, so I did that as soon as I, I sort of hit that five year mark. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's a arduous long process, but, um, uh, really amazing too. Like, I mean, just uh, the whole ceremony and all that is just incredible. And it, it speaks a lot for, for the things, um, you know, that, that I love about the U S. Um, and so that, that explains, uh, two passports. And then, um, the third one is, um, I have French ancestry and, um, so we were like, third generation Brazilian. Um, and, and so like uh, through my French lineage, um, I was able to, to have a French passport, um, uh, at birth actually. So, um, that's how I ended up with three. It makes it easy for you to get from place to place with those three passports. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I mean, I, I, uh, I thank and, and I'm super grateful for, you know, um, 
been given that uh, through through my parents and, and just life in general. I think, um, you know, I, I couldn't have moved to, to Amsterdam recently had it like, you know, um, had I not had like a, a European uh, citizenship. So um, and and I think, you know, it just gives you a lot of flexibility beyond like travel. Like, I think that's obviously um, a luxury. Well, it's all a luxury to, to begin with. But um, um, I think that's that's on the lower end. It's just um, the ability to, for me to say, hey, you know, like I want to live in, in Brazil or, you know, somewhere around in Portugal um, tomorrow um, does open, you know, a lot of like um, opportunities and, and options. So let's talk about those New York years. You finished university in the UK and how did you go about acquiring a job in New York? Uh, so I was really um lucky because i basically um the year prior to graduating i i interned uh in new york um funnily enough i applied to the same company like in, in th uh, to three different offices um two of which were uh, one which was in hamburg the other one in, in london um and then the third one was new york which was sort of like a long long shot and um uh hamburg and london never got back to me uh whereas new york did and so I just packed up my bags for the summer and, and lived in New York for, for uh, an epic um, summer. Um, and then once, yeah, once the internship was done, I think like a few months later, um, I, I was fortunate enough to, to get a job offer. And so I basically had a, a gig lined up um, uh, before graduating. Um, so it, I didn't really um, have to, to look at, at all. Um, which was, uh, well, it was, it was very, very lucky, especially because it was 2008 at that point and um, everything was uh, crashing. Um, so you moved to New York and you start at Google. What was your, what was your role at the world's largest internet <laughs> search company? Um, so I started in, I, I, was, I was in advertising sales. Um, so uh, selling text ads, man, um, basically. Uh, I mean, I was, I was more of like a supporting function, so I wasn't doing the selling myself, but um, mainly... It's entry level. Yeah. You're 22. Yeah, exactly. And, um, what, what, what everybody does when they're 22, <laughs> if, if they have some upward trajectory. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 it, was, it was great. It was, it was such an awesome experience. I mean, um, at that point, it was, it was also a very different company. Um, cause I think when I joined, there were about 500 people in, in the New, in New York office. Um, now I think it's over like 7,000 or something. Um, so it was, it was a very different, um, place than what it is now, but, um, yes, yeah, fun. So you're at Google and you're working your way up around 2012. You get an idea in your head to go back to school. Can you talk us through that? <laughs> yeah, so um, I I don't know. I was, I was just like sales in general was never my thing, and um, I think m most obviously a lot of my friends and and even like I think my my managers um, at Google sort of knew this, um, especially because like I'd sort of been dabbling in in um, uh, you know like at that point you're I was 26 27 and um, I think um, having read too much tech crunch I thought oh you know like the way to um, find happiness in, in job is is to um, go the entrepreneurial route and so uh, me and a couple of friends like we started moonlighting and um, trying to get like some uh, what 
turned out to be a shittier version of Foursquare um, accomplished, but um, uh, we, it was it was basically one software engineer and uh, three uh, ideas guys. <laughs> so um, that's, that's the wrong ratio, <laughs> which by is the, way. the perfect ratio, exactly. <laughs> so. so Jesus. I, I quickly, me and, and one of the other guys, actually, sorry, it was four ideas, guys. It's even worse. Um, and um, me and another friend like within this group were like, okay, this is just awful. Um, uh, well, sorry, I'm going to take one of the people was a designer, so that was actually a useful function. So there are three yes. use, uh, useless people in this whole thing. Um, and two of us decided, okay, you know what? Um, this sucks. Like we're not really contributing much to, to this um, thing other than like <laughs> it's essentially just um, uh, spewing out uh, crappy ideas. Um, so we, the two of us just decide, okay, like let's, um, let's teach ourselves to, to code um, to help uh, Lucas out, who was our engineer at the time. Um, and so we did. And so, I mean, I was, I was taking classes. Um, fortunately, like Google basically gives you, um, uh, like education reimbursement. So I, I definitely took advantage of that, uh, and, and started just teaching myself like the basics of coding. Like, um, I think this was before, yeah, all these like amazing, you know, startups like code Academy, um, existed. So, um, it was really like picking up a book and, and just reading about this stuff. Um, and, and anywho, like, uh, flash forward, um, disenfranchised with what I'm go- doing in my my day to day like job, um, and uh, I'm speaking to one of like my really good friends um, at the company. The two of us, I, I really I remember this vividly. Um, like we walk out for for coffee. We're in the Chelsea Market office, and then walk over to um, uh, you, you know where the pier is. Just um, uh, just walking outside the like, um, Chelsea Market is like a tiny park in the middle of nowhere. Um, of course. Yeah. So, um, triangle, right? Yeah. There. Exactly. At yeah. So North or Fifteenth Street. Correct. I, yeah. No idea what the park is, but um, my friend, she's like, uh, she's. I don't know. She she should be become like a, a life coach or something, because like she's she's given me some amazing life advice, um, and she's like, why don't you just go back to school and study computer science? And I'm like, dude, like I've uh, I've I studied economics undergrad, like. I'm teaching myself like how to code, but just out of necessity and to help Lucas out. Um, like there's no way that anyone will accept me to, to do this. And so she's like, no, just like see what you can do and, and, um, see where it goes. Um, so I get that in my head and I'm like, you know what? Um, let's just try this. So I basically, um, essentially just, uh, uh, just, completely annihilated any kind of like um social life that i had um and the boys will attest to this as well like i I was literally just like holed up in my apartment um studying for the gre which is like the entry exam that you need to um, get into like a graduate program um so did that uh took the exam and then um took a couple of like other like um uh, credits at NYU, um, just to, uh, basically have some kind of accredited institution to say that, um, I had some kind of coding chops, um, and, uh, sent my applications in. And, um, I think a few months later I, uh, got accepted, um, uh, 
just as when we, my girlfriend and I at the time, um, we landed in Cartagena for like a, a week vacation. Um, I remember just seeing that email come through on the plane, uh, which was pretty epic. And so when did you start classes at Columbia in their computer science program? Uh, I think, let me see, um, it was January of 2000, I want to say 14. And did you feel like you were up to the task? Oh, man. Or... <laughs> oh, no, no. I was, I was the only idiot there who didn't have, I guess it's funny, I think, I think most people at this point, um, especially for like graduate programs, like a lot of undergrads just go straight into grad school. Um, I don't know if that's like a phenomenon because of like 2008, where a lot of my friends all did the same thing and like people just want to be like better qualified or something. But essentially everyone in my class um, uh, had, you know, they're they probably like 24, 25. Um, uh, no, not even uh, 23, 24 and um had uh, cs degrees like from an undergrad and they were just like doing a continuation and here comes me who has like a, a bachelor of science in, in economics um who took you know a few classes here and there on like java or something um trying to pretend like i was a complete fraud like i i, I had complete imposter syndrome um and it was probably the roughest like year and a half that I had. Um, like, I don't think I've ever pulled, uh, I think the year after that as well, but um, uh, pulled that many all-nighters just trying to get, you know, my homework done um, for assignments <laughs> and shit. <laughs> you, you pull all-nighters for a different reason now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if better reasons, but. So you, you're you're in this program. It's January, February, March, April, May, two thousand fourteen, and then in June, you fly down to your home country, your native country of Brazil, because it's time for the World Cup. Oh yeah. oh yeah, and that's where we met. That's right. Yes, um, that is right. Yeah, I, uh, which was weird because it was is um, my girlfriend and i we we flew down and and we were gonna spend i don't know i was gonna stay for like six weeks because i was like a, a, a fun employed student right and um so she just came down for like two weeks of of the trip and then i had another four weeks left and fortunately yeah met met you um through our mutual friend chris who was gallivanting uh with his new brazilian girlfriend um looking for uh, doorknobs and stuff. I forget. He abandoned me. No, you got that exactly right. Because the truth was, is that we had an epic summer lined up uh, in conjunction with the World Cup and all its contingent parties. And Chris met a young woman, and he <laughs> left me to go shopping for home decor for her new apartment instead of playing pickup soccer with me down in the turf fields in Rio de Janeiro, which is way cooler than shopping. Well, for and, and and just to be clear, like the, this trip was planned with you, right? It was. It was, and it was just gonna. We had an apartment together, though. His girlfriend at the time had helped set that up, um, and I, for full disclosure, I was not very well equipped emotionally 
experientially any in any way to deal with international travel and living uh, I was making a lot of mistakes that were then rectified uh, after years. that summer yeah yeah you know like there was a steep learning curve for me um, but that being said Chris was um, Chris was just not a, an ideal friend in that moment. <laughs> The saving grace was that he introduced me to you, and then you and I would go out I think, and I dance think the faha. first time I met you was um, we were playing that di- uh, uh, dice, right? Like on that, the, like I walk into the apartment to meet you guys, <laughs> and suddenly, like I see this setup with like cachaça on. You brought the cachaça. I did we bring the cachaça. That's right. We we were playing a game called Beer Dice. That's beer right. Dye yes, is a little bit. Like beer pong uh, with or Beirut is more accurately uh, described. Um, but instead of throwing a ping pong ball, you throw a dice uh, or a die, and you try to land it into your opposition's cups, or you try to catch it. So, anyways, you can look it up. Beer die, and we ran out of beer, and you had showed up with honey <laughs> and you and I proceeded to play uh, a game that oh my God. should be played with light beer. <laughs> <laughs> should be played That's with the lightest of the light beer. And we played with the heaviest of the heavy <laughs> liquor. Well, it was, it was and... also like, it was like, it was like drinking 40% Smirnoffs or something. Because um, it didn't feel like we were, you know, downing shots of like vodka or something like that, you know, but it was just as strong. Yeah. So. And, um, then, and then we would unleash ourselves into the Brazilian night and go dancing at like, the Faha Club. Yeah, and it was, it was absolutely. It epic. was epic. Yeah, and that was the start of our friendship. That was the start of our friendship. Yeah. So you go back to New York as do I eventually, and you graduate and you join a company that's based out of Seattle. In uh, your no, I project. No, so I um, no? no, so I, I joined a, a startup actually based in New York. This was before, really? yeah. This was before like the um, the Seattle company. Um, Interesting. So I, uh, yeah, like I think six months before graduating, so like halfway into my program. Um, oh, sorry, it was like a year and a half. So um, I I was really interested in like I, I I think it goes to show like you know depending on who your teachers are, professors, or you know people that you look up to, um, you kind of get really intrigued in like a particular topic and stuff and and so in this in my case it was um computer vision which was um essentially um the the study to to teach computers to see and um i just i was fascinated about the field and and just really was intrigued by it and so um my criteria at the time for my next gig were um i wanted to join a company that had less than 10 employees uh, was in the computer vision space um, and based in New York, so that really narrowed it down to like ten, uh, two companies at the time. Um, and I was working at a VC at the time as well, and um, like sort of doing a mini internship there um, while studying. And um, they had uh, they, like one of their um, partners or something. Um, knew uh, the venture group that that backed um, the company that I ended up um, joining, and so they they made some intros and I interviewed and um, uh, went well, and then like was working at the startup for about two years until um, the company I work at now acquired them 
um, and they're based out of Seattle. So that was like the, and, yeah. and so that was when you switched to Seattle and you were doing all this interesting stuff. And then, God, a year and a half ago, with your current company, the Seattle company, and it had a bunch of different mergers and whatnot, you ended up in Amsterdam. Yeah. So last year, I decided to move to, to Amsterdam. Uh, yeah, it's been like a year and a bit. I moved um, January 15th of last year. Um, hadn't been back in, yeah, living in Europe for whew, like 10, 11 years. Um, and now back to, to the old continent um, and it's been it's been pretty epic yeah you you've found ways to enjoy yourself whether it's in the city of Amsterdam or traveling around to various other European destinations um, and you know it brings us to you know the current times because you know you, you have this incredible flat right on the main canal in Amsterdam. I stayed there with you tw once for a week. Uh, it's a duplex, it's got a roof deck. Uh, you are very well situated, but your life essentially came to a stop like everyone else's in mid-March. Yeah, although I must say, like I was, um, uh, I'd been speaking to, to Chris for a few weeks um already and um we both like i mean we we're just discussing okay this is actually gonna um like things are gonna lock down here um pretty soon and so in mid i think in mid february i'd already started um socially distancing myself um without necessarily like um you know but being forced to do so by, by the government um like i was just like doing less thing like seeing less people and um just keeping to myself to be honest and then already buying supplies as well like a bit by bit not like panic buying or anything but just like you know making sure that i had um enough uh, stuff um non-perishable stuff for like at least two weeks worth um just because i didn't necessarily know what the situation would be like but um and i mean in hindsight it, um it's funny like i think the dutch are one of the only countries that um, I've taken a pretty lax approach, um, to the whole thing. Um, uh, so that, I mean, I think they're still going for herd immunity, which, um, is, is a pretty big gamble, but, um, so, so that's just been interesting as well to see. Um, but yeah, since I think they shut things down, uh, early March. Yeah. So what does your life look like here? It's April, 12th is Easter, I guess. Yeah. Um, and you're, you know, still living in Amsterdam. You got your life and you're, you're working a lot, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think I'm working uh, more um, just because days are blurred, right? Um, between just your personal life and, um, and work. Um, and especially because I deal with folks out on the West Coast. Um, usually I'm pretty you know, if I'm in the office and stuff, like I'm pretty diligent about just calling it quits um, for the day and, and then checking in like the next day. But um, because of, because I'm working from home now, um, you know, you, you, you have to take time off to um, go do your grocery shopping because you're going to be cooking, you know, and, and um, just get your life in order. Um, 
or like cleaning a house and, and just doing a bunch of chores. Um, so I think I just end up working a lot longer and later um, for that reason. How do you think this will affect your day-to-day life post-COVID? I mean, are there any, is there anything that you have embraced over the last month that you would like to, to see be part of your routine in a non-COVID environment? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think um, so I, I was, I'm still not fully bought into um, working from home. Like for me, it was always church and state, to be honest. Like um, for me, like getting home was just a place to uh, relax and like focus on doing stuff that's um, non-work related. Um, and so I'd, I'd rather, I was the type of person that I'd rather like be in the office until 2, 3 a.m. And, and get that piece of work done rather than bringing work home and just continuing there, if that makes sense. Um, it does make sense. So, so now, like that's that's sort of blurred. Um, but to be like, the way I took it was I was, I was just I, I I think I've basically just fully embraced it and decided you know um, I'm gonna just blend in stuff that I didn't get to um, before um, uh, when I was like having to go to the office. So I think nowadays, like I'm because I'm cooking every day, like you know th- uh, three meals a day or whatever. Um, I'm eating way healthier, um, because I actually know what's going into the food. Um, so that's, that's been a really big positive. Um, I've, I've also, um, I, I I think I tend to think of myself as someone who's, um, who tries to keep in touch, you know, with, um, with people and, and just being like present. Um, even if, you know, there might be, um, 12, 15 hours away, um, but but I think I've sort of focused more on on just getting in touch with um, folks that I haven't really spoken to in a while, um, and especially I think the other thing that's made me uh, realize as well is just like um, uh, how lonely people can feel too, right? And and especially when it comes to um, uh, the elderly and and that kind of thing. Like um, I you know I'd, I'd get in touch with my my grandparents um, once in a while, but I don't think with um, as much frequency as I do today. Um, and I, I hope to, to be able to take that, um, beyond, you know, once, once we're over this and, um, basically, you know, be, be more present for them, especially, um, uh, at this time, at this stage of their life as well. Do you think that there is an opportunity to design an app that people can put down what they want to do in a post-COVID world and it can just set reminders and it can just set parameters? Like, would there be a way that that folks can, like, like, like let's say we call the app Silver Lining. Mm. And, and so after a COVID world, you, you set up how you want your life to be uh, or the lessons you learned. And then, you, you know, you get reminders yeah. or like it, sh- it shuts down, like, it, you know, it, not only sets reminders, but it shuts down Instagram for a period of 90 minutes or it shuts down right. the apps that, you Yeah, know, I mean, I guess, I guess it's like the opposite of like screen time, right? Um, it's like, do more of this, right? Um, I, yeah, I, was, I mean, I was, I was reading um, uh, a lot of, um, I, I hate the term, but like um, self-help uh, kind of like articles recently for some reason. Um, and uh, one of them was Hey, just you like, do you. I'm not going to um, judge. One, one of them was just like, how do you build better habits to your point? Right. Like, um, and, and, and for me, it was, it was, it, the article just spoke about like, um, 
you know, the, the way you do it is, isn't necessarily setting, Hey, you know, I want to, um, I don't know. Um, I want to be doing like yoga every single day or whatever. Right. Like that, let's say that's like your end goal and that's kind of what you want to get to. Um, what the article was saying, like, there's no way that you can, you're actually going to go from like one day to the other and just keep like doing that unless, I mean, certain people are able to do that, but I don't think that's like in, in, um, everyone's, uh, is able to, to just like flip a switch. Um, and so they spoke about just, um, uh, how habits can have like a compounded interest. Um, and act similar to like um, compounded interest in finance, right? So like you you start off maybe with something small. So let's say the goal is to, um, to yeah, to yo- uh, do yoga um, for like half an hour every single day. Um, so maybe you start off with just like pulling out your mat, just putting it on the floor. And that's, that's kind of like the first activity. Um, and then next you just decide, okay, let's do one to two minute stretches. And you sort of like build up and build up on the habit of actually finally like graduating to doing yoga every single day. Um, and so I think, I think what I'm hoping to do right now is, um, just, I've done a lot of, I've focused a lot of myself, especially cause, um, I live by myself and I just have to, uh, keep myself entertained and, and, and want us. So I've, I've started picking, I've uh, picked up the guitar. I've just like, uh, gotten more into like, um, creative work. Um, which I didn't necessarily do before this. Um, I've been like, uh, I, d- I haven't been drinking for like, um, since the beginning of it, all this. Um, and I, you know, I hope to, uh, keep all, all of those like healthy and, um, uh, habits, uh, going once we're past this. Um, speaking of the guitar, yeah. you and I have a bet. We do. We, 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 we do. Yeah. And so uh, would you, would you share with our listeners what that bet is? <laughs> I think, um per usual like i um uh, we we t- i think we talk a lot of um shit i'd say <laughs> so um one of Seconded. Uh, one, one of the things that um we were discussing when we were in madrid um was uh, i think like just how nice it would be to to play guitar or something like that and um you said that you probably said something say like, Oh, you'll never be able to play a guitar. And I was like, no, sure, sure I can. And so I think, um, sometime by the end of this year, maybe, I don't know. Um, by, by middle of the summer, middle of the summer, second week in July. (laughs) Okay. Um, well we're in April. So, okay. I've got three months. Um, I would be playing blackbird on the guitar. That's right. And, uh, it's a hundred dollar bet. And what was the last hundred dollar no. bet you and I had? Oh, that was, uh, I mean, uh, hang on. The bet wasn't a hundred dollars. Remember? It, you're right. Which makes it a hundred dollar bet. But, uh, the other bet was, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm still, uh, honestly, I'm you, t- someone has to find me a company that does this well, but, um, I, like ankle socks is just a huge, huge, um, uh annoying problem like everyone wants to wear them but like everyone hates them um and i was just getting it really annoyed and so i said i'd be i should just do go ahead and do this um and create like a, a ankle sock company uh, and i'd be selling i think ten thousand units by the following year is that what i said total it was it, it was ten thousand it was a thousand units or ten thousand in gross sales. Correct. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. 
and it was a hundred dollar bet. Um, and what was your total uh, sales? <laughs> in, 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 how, how many units did you did you sell in that year? Uh, I think I donated a pair. Of your own, or ones <laughs> yeah, that you manu- <laughs> or, or, or ones that you manufactured? <laughs> no, no, of my own. <laughs> Should, should I be worried making bets with you post COVID? Are you gonna now that you've read all these self help books? Uh, are you gonna are you gonna actually form better habits uh, and follow through on these resolutions? No, I think, you make I think to honestly, like I think I think the the sock thing could still happen. Like I still haven't seen anything I like, and um, so who knows. Um, Should we make another $100 bet? Because the thing is, is I have not been earning income uh, for a while. You need some more And I might need to start yeah, no, feeding but, but, off no, of but your I, employer. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to, especially because um, uh, your work's been canceled and stuff. I'd feel bad if, if you actually lost this bet. So um, let's not do it. It's, it's, this is more about you than, than me. Uh, that's so generous of you. Yeah. I think that all the listeners of home, at home are just going to swoon with the largeness of your spirit I, and your heart. You know, I look out for you. I really appreciate that. So what's your what's your take on the state of the world? Are It's it's obviously down right now, but are you feeling optimistic? Do you think yeah. that good things are going to come from this? Uh, or do, do you think that... You know, a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, uh, mostly will be will be worse off. Um, I mean, like nothing, nothing good is is coming from this presently, right? Like, I, I mean, it's it's um, it's pretty terrifying and, and frightening what's what's going on, and and you know, like I'm concerned for for a lot of people um, in my life, and then just in in general, like um, and. Uh, Having said that, I I, I do. There is an inner optimist in me. Um, I think um, I think this is like one of those moments that um, you know humanity will get a chance to sort of like um, reflect on on what's going on and and you know maybe uh, better themselves. Similar to like you know how I kind of want to pick up new stuff. I think um, uh, my my hope is that you know we look at things like. Um, the Himalayas being able, uh, being visible to India for the first time in 30 years because like um, pollution's like uh, gone drastically down, you know, or um, the Venice Grand Canal um, being clear uh, for the first time in, in several years. Um, I think, um, and, and this is obviously it has all to do with like uh, in climate change and, and whatnot. But I think um, uh, hopefully we we can use this moment to, to our advantage when we're not actually emitting um, that much pollution to sort of like um, take a step back and say, okay, hey, how do we actually tackle this problem? Um, and then other things, like I think um, uh, the other bits, I think what this, what I'm hoping this will do is, is because all of humanity is sort of uh, facing the same issue, I'm hoping it actually brings us together. Um, like I think um, just just the mere fact of like us all sharing like this, um, this ex- well experience for for uh, lack of a better word, but um, uh, just will bring us together in, in terms of like uh, our communities and all that. And I think that you know in, in the past years um, the rhetoric rhetoric has been very much uh, divisive, um, and I'm just hoping like this this actually puts us back on like a, a better track for the future, and, and um, we start looking at 
the world as a whole as opposed to like individual countries. Will the U.S. elections in November be a sign of that hope or um, how like, like how how do you actually see this being something that we can identify as having happened or not? I yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, um, yes, uh, it, it definitely will be. Um, I, I think that will definitely be like um, uh, the first sign. Um, uh, if, if again, like if people are able to go out and vote, right? Um, if there are any issues with like being, uh, being able to go to the polls or you can't do like mail-in ballots and, and all that kind of stuff, um, then that's like, um, that's some attenuating circumstances. But um, if, if the election were to go like forward as normal, then I'm hoping that that will be a moment of um, clarity and, and where we can sort of um, reset things. Will you be voting by mail in November? Um, good question. I, um, you know what, like I, I never, I, I don't mind having an excuse to go to New York. So if um, my excuse is to fly back and, and vote, then I'd love to do that and see everyone. Let's have ourselves a little election party. That's right around your birthday too. It is, yeah. Come for a couple of weeks and let's uh, let's have some fun. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Hopefully we can we can travel by then. <laughs> uh, from fr- from from your lips. Um, anything else you want to share with uh, with our listeners out there about uh, about the kind of philosophy of Daniel Adam? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Um, I, I don't have. Uh, many wise words to, to share um but but yeah i think I, I mean i think everyone should um for those fortunate enough to uh not be um like the worst thing being for them being is 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 to just have to sit at home and and um uh not be outside and stuff like uh just take the time for yourself and, and figure out what what you want to get out of this like i i think there's very um limited amount of times where you're going to be able to sort of um, hit a reset button the way everyone is able to do right now um, for those fortunate enough. So um, take advantage. And in kind of final parting words, a dessert to the main meal of this conversation, would you please share with everybody your masterful piece of banter uh, involving the cameo uh, <laughs> appearance of James Buckley. Would you, just, would you just take us through that from the inception of the idea to the execution? Um, so I was, um, so I've been trying to like uh, do some, as I said, like I've been trying to get my mind on, on doing like some creative uh, work and, and whatnot. And um, I was basically putting together like a, a quarantine um uh like pastime uh package um and um and so a qpp basically yeah you know one of those that you get in the mail anytime that's uh maybe i should uh, uh start uh, launch a subscription to it but um through that i had to do like a lot of research and and i was just looking up random stuff and then for some reason my mind went to like i was i was thinking of like basically one of the categories that I wanted was like a list of stuff to watch, right? So um, your usual suspects would be TED Talks um, or uh, interesting like uh, speeches or, or movies or, or whatnot, right? And then 
um, mm-hmm. once I sort of exhausted like the, the usual suspects, I kind of had to like um, dabble in other realms. And, and so one of which um, was uh, actually downloading TikTok, um, which we'll get, we can get to another time. But, <laughs> yes, we can. Um, Speaking of crayons. <laughs> but um, uh, and I don't know, my, my mind just like started thinking about like videos and, and messages and, and that kind of thing. And um, at one point, I just remembered that this I had read up on this startup called Cameo. Um, where you can book um, celebrities to just um, uh, record a message, like a, a video message um, for your friends. Um, and so I looked them up and suddenly we go onto the website and I'm just basically like scrolling through um, all these all these people. And, and to be honest, like you have um, you have a couple of A-listers there, but like for the most part, like it's like B and, and C. Um, so sort of, Un, uh, relatively unknown people unless like you're into a particular type of like TV series and whatnot. So, and I'm just scrolling through this thing and suddenly see um, Jay from the in-betweeners um, uh, name. Well, the actor's name is, is James Buckley. And um, I just started like grinning to myself because I knew that I had to book him. Like it was, um, I vividly remember um, watching the in-betweeners with, um, uh, on a trip with uh, Vish and Luke, um, who play on the football team, and um, uh, just you know, I knew that those two would like completely appreciate it. And and for me, I think like one of, uh, I think all of us really like our group of friends is is sort of like keeping it, putting a smile on each other's faces. Like if it's just a lot of that, you know, like if it's just like FaceTiming them or celebrating someone's birthday or you know, just like sending stupid memes around. Um, and banter is just a big part of um, our group of friends, and um, and I knew that you know the two would actually appreciate um, uh, getting a message from James. And the best thing was that you could, when you actually book the um, book the person to do the video recording, you sort of give them a brief, and there's a drop down of um, you know the occasion, um, and it ranges from like a birthday to um, just a hello anniversary and whatever. Um, but one of the categories is uh, roast, um, which was obviously very, very fitting for um, what I was going for. Um, so you write like a 250-character um, uh, brief for um, what they're supposed to like say or like what you want them to address. Um, I gave them a little bit of context of, of what I wanted, but like James did the absolute rest, and he was spot on. It was um, incredible. What was the turnaround time to you writing the sort of characters to you receiving the video, which I, I put in the show notes? I think I think it happened within like twenty four hours. Wow. Yeah. Like so, I I put in the request and it said, "Oh, I'll take like um, four or five days," as usually when, when the response time is. But you know, everyone is is quarantined currently, so I guess no one has anything better to do. So. Um, so James was just really quick and, and basically put, put this together within like 24 hours. And, and then I, I suddenly received this email, um, saying, Hey, your, your cameo is ready. I'm like, Oh my God. And, um, and I clicked through the link and, and was just in tears. Um, cause it was just so perfect for, for what I wanted it to be. I received that video on the same chat that it was delivered to vision to Luke I didn't know who J. James Buckley is or 
Yeah, no, I think it was, it was a very British. Yeah, it was a very British. No like, context no. <laughs> whatsoever, and I still thought it was fucking hilarious. Like, like his roast could not have been more well executed. The delivery, <laughs> the delivery the was timing, so good. the the scorn in his voice when he was talking about Manchester United. I, <laughs> I just thought it was. Some a mutual old friend. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was random. I thought it was. I thought you would like track down like a f- old friend of Vision Luke's from oh, like their funny. childhood, and had been like, and just it was somebody that everybody else knew, and and then the response, like just the admiration <laughs> from the victims of your roast. They just took, they said, okay, that's it. That's that is the single best like fuck you that we can imagine um so i think that that we all got a lot of ideas about what we should be doing going forward in regards to um corona uh messing with our just messing with our (laughs) friends like you you up the stakes on what was possible um it was it was i definitely got my money's worth for sure (laughs) it was it was incredible well i've taken up an hour of your time and you've really given me 57 minutes worth of uh of what i was asking for so um thank you so much and thank you for having me god good good luck i i really do hope that i get to see you before november um because we we just have a lot of fun yes and it's (laughs) the fun quotient is so far down and i look at that cameo Initiative that that, can, that cameo. Speaking of, uh, you should get on there. On cameo, yeah, you should definitely get on there. Uh, I might, I might, <laughs> I might order a cameo for some friends' birthdays coming up because I'm very impressed. Um, but just thank you for bringing joy to our lives through through that and all the other chat mediums. And I, you know, just talking likewise this with you. Like I, I realize that you and I have been arguing a lot less. Um, and we've, we've been agreeing a lot more. There's one very small, one tiny, tiny instance of how Corona is bringing us closer it's, together. It's, it's always good, uh, a Discord. Yeah, and look, from dissonance, uh, you can resolve into harmony, which I think is always important to remember. <laughs> exactly. Well, take care. Right, and you too. Enjoy the rest of your Easter, my friend. You too, man. Have a good one. All right, bye. bye.